Uh, it's good to see all your faces. Welcome to Join Prayer Meeting. Uh, my name is Myungwa Choi. I'm one of the pastors at New Philadelphia Church. Um, I really love preaching at Join Prayer Meeting, and I never take this honor and privilege lightly. And I do believe that God has a word to speak and release through me. So it's my honor to see all of you from here. As we were having the powerful time of prayer, like Pastor Nita said, it was really powerful, by the way. It was anointed. Our prayers were definitely hitting something, you know. And um, as I was really um, praying, um, as Pastor Nita was leading, I just kind of had this uh, moment of revelation and how what we are doing in this room and the power of it and how we are changing lives in this room as we're sitting. And I just wanted to... I just felt in my heart, as a native Korean that was born and raised here, I just wanted to start off by saying, thank you so much for being in this land. Especially you foreigners, especially the ones that didn't grow up here. Uh, A lot of Korean diaspora, I know you guys are here, and a lot of foreigners that have nothing to do with Korea in, in your blood. But thank you for being in this land, regardless of what's going on in the news the threats of wars, difficulties, uh, and all of that. But you guys still choose to be here in obedience to God's call. And not just being in this land, but coming out to pray at a place like this and releasing life and speaking life over all these matters that really, really don't have much to do with you, you know? And um, as we're praying, the topic of bullying is very personal, and dear to me, because I also was a victim of uh, school-wide bullying back in middle school. Remember, um, 2000, year 2000, I was like 14, and I was going through all these wangta stuff. In my entire school, 800 girls, it was a girls-only middle school. You know how girls could be very vicious, especially in my hometown, Busan. Um, a lot of um, very ugly, very scary things were happening around me, and I, was, I felt completely alone. Uh, bullied in every way you could imagine, verbally, uh, physically, and all that happened. And I specifically remember this one day. God was reminding me of that day, how I, my plan after school, I really had a rough day. Uh, The entire school pretty much came to surround me and bullied me and did terrible things. And my plan was to run home, write down everything, uh, their names, everything that they've done, and I was going to kill myself. That was the plan. So 4 p.m., school ends. I ran home. I remember running into my room, picked up the, um, what is that? Like a knife? What, um, box cutter knife, you know? I just picked it up, and I remember started screaming. Something just, something inside of me just was torturing me, and I started screaming, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. 죽을 거야, 죽을 거야. I just remember screaming on top of my lung, and nobody was around. And all of a sudden, my, my cry shifted, and all of a sudden, I was screaming, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. And I remember crying on the ground for like two years. I, not two years, sorry. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Dang it. I was doing so well. <laughs> for like two hours, and I dropped a knife, and I was like, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. And I was reminded of that moment, and God was, what God was speaking was, Myung-ha, I wasn't saved. I didn't know the Lord. But God was like, Myung-ha, church was praying. The church was praying for the young generation. 
A group of people were gathered. They were crying out for the young generations to be saved. That's why your life was spared. And I, when, when that thought hit me, and I just couldn't stop crying. My eyes were dry all day long. Not, not anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> what you guys are doing here tonight, it's changing lives. It's saving lives. It's declaring life over the faceless, nameless people that you will never probably meet. But testimonies like this will come forth through the meetings like this. So I want to encourage everyone. Our prayers are not just hitting the walls and bouncing off. It's reaching heaven. It's reaching this nation. It's healing this land. We are definitely doing something so much powerful than what we can see. Amen? You must believe that. So that was an emotional intro of mine. <laughs> but we're going to jump into the Lord. Uh, jump into the Word. And the Lord. <laughs> It's wrong. <laughs> As you can tell, my, my, my English is not my first language, but it's all good, right? You can understand me, right? Yes. Wonderful. So today, uh, I uh, heard that I have this honor to preach the word at JPM and at, at such a time as this, right? And I was excited, but at the same time, I kind of felt heavy and burdened. Man, what should I talk about? You know, think, think with me, you know, what would you talk about if you have this opportunity to preach tonight? And so I was like, dang. And my first thing I did was to go to NBC, CCNN, BBC. And I started kind of started reading up, you know. And then God was kind of reminding me. I was like, no, 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 you don't have to read all of that. You're not Lisa. You're not Brian Kim. <laughs> Those are the brother and sister that's famous to be news junkies in New Philly. So you don't have to do all that. Preach from the word. You know, CNN doesn't have all the answers. BBC don't. But Jesus does. So God really, you know, referred me to the Bible. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's really study and see what Jesus talks about. About situation like what we have in our hands. So let's turn to Gospel of Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, verses 3 to 13. I'll be reading from ESV translation. Verses 3 to 8, the first portion I'll be reading, you guys could just read along with your eyes. And as he sat on the mountain of olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. We're going to read the letter portion in just a little bit. But these are Jesus' words. He's talking about and explaining what are the signs of the pretty much end times. And are these things, do these things sound familiar to you guys? 
It says, many will come in Jesus' name and lead people astray. And I, you guys are aware of all the quotes that are out there, especially in Korea. I cannot even count how many there are. There are books that are published about all these quotes. Christian quotes especially that claims to be the Messiah and I'm the king, you know, second, you know, the Jesus that came back. And all these things are happening. And I was reading about the Texas bombing that's very unfortunate. And people were assuming that the cult group that was active 20 years ago in that same place, they are the ones that did it and all kinds of stuff. They claim to be Jesus. And, you know, the stories of cults, it's not even like foreign to us anymore because there are so many, you know, you guys agree? So many people claim to be Jesus, and there are, and these stories are not, not foreign to us anymore. Number two, we'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Right? That's exactly what's happening in Korea. The threats of war, North Korea threatening to launch their missiles and all this stuff, America, the tension, that exactly is happening. And in other places in the world as well. Earthquakes, a huge one just happened today in China, I heard. And three days ago, there was another big one in Iran. And it's like every other day. You turn on the news and then it's like earthquakes here, there, even in Korea, guys. Korea is not that prone to earthquakes, but for the last couple of days, there has been a couple like minor ones that's been hitting Korea. That's very unusual. In earthquakes in different places. Bible talks about the famine. We just pray for the famine in North Korea, in Africa, in different places in the world. Famine is also not an uncommon thing. And it's interesting how Jesus says, he says, this must happen. And he goes, it's only, it's but the beginning of the birth pains. Interesting that he's saying, this is only the beginning and the end is not yet. Those are just the beginning. And he ends it with verse 7. He goes, do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. Because he's saying these things, like these things were written like 2,000 something years ago. We're reading it right now. And he goes, those things will happen. Don't be alarmed. It should not be a news to you. And what Jesus is saying is, don't let this alarm you. Stay in place of peace in your heart. I'm going to flip to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. This must be very, it sounds very familiar to you, I believe. I'm going to read it for you guys. Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 7, if you would like to turn there. But let me read it for you. It goes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says, do not be anxious at all. No matter what happens, do not be anxious, but pray. That's what Apostle Paul is saying here, right? And he says, rejoice. And no matter what happens, you can always rejoice. The reason is, he makes it clear at the end of the verse 4, because the Lord is at hand. It's because the Lord is near. Because he is with us, no matter what happens, you can rejoice. No matter what happens, you can have your peace in your heart. 
You guys with me? Regardless of all the voices of concerns, Pastor Erin talked about her, her, um, some of her relatives and people like calling, hey, isn't Korea dangerous? I'm sure a lot of you, you get those phone calls as well from your friends, maybe from your relatives, your parents, you know, forget about your contract and come home. You know, isn't it dangerous out there? You know, why do you gotta be there? You know, you can make money here as well. Come back home right now. You know? <laughs> That's the Korean mom voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, regardless of all the voices of concerns, you know, are you, are, you, are you in your right mind? You know, why aren't you coming home? Return, you know, get your ticket, get out of there. All these news articles, the situation is changing every single day. It sounds like North Korea is going to launch the missile tonight. And two hours later, it's actually tomorrow night. And then a couple of days later, it was actually supposed to be yesterday, but not. Like, I don't know what's going on. Situation is happening. News articles are like threats, you know. And all these interpretations going on, you know, they are just using it to threat us or political, whatever. But some people are saying they're actually able to and they're going to do it. And all these different views, regardless of all of that, the Bible is saying you got to allow the peace of God to guard your heart and to guard your mind. I was recently very annoyed by, I actually ended up unfriending this friend on Facebook. I was very annoyed uh, by this one person on Facebook. Let me be real here, right? Okay. And this girl was freaking out, okay? She was so nervous and so afraid and so fearful about the North Korean situation that all I see on my news feed is like, oh, I'm going to die, pretty much, you know, with all the exclamation marks. It's like, oh, Lord, and she's Christian. Please, please do not allow North Korea to launch the missile tonight. I do not want to die at age 18. She's pretty young. You know, oh, this and that. Like every five minutes, she's posting up uh, like prayers. Yeah, you know, because she's crying out to God. Hananim this, Hananim that. And I was so annoyed by that. Ended up defending her. But what can I do, you know? And I see many troubled prayers of anxiety, many prayers of fear and confusion going on. I don't think God hears these prayers and despises them or, or think that they're evil or anything. But I think we should examine where our prayers are coming from and also how effective and how powerful they are because of the attitude of our hearts. And I hope none of you have been doing that on Facebook like, oh, I don't want to die, you know, all the fear and confusion. But maybe at the corner of your heart, there is a part that is kind of like freaking out. Or maybe confused and not know what to really do about it in my prayer. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And, you know, the, this, this Philippians passage is very powerful. It says, the Lord is at hand. And I really, really love that phrase. The Lord is at hand. That he is near. That we are not praying to a God that is apathetic. We're not praying to a God that needs our reports to figure out what we are going through. But he is a God that is all-knowing. He is a God that is near, that is aware, that is fully engaged in our situation. And that is committed to to be with us, and also the God that is moving at this hour. And 
the Lord is at hand, it's a short phrase, but there is so much power. And that's what gives us the foundation to be able to say, I have the peace in my heart. Not because nothing's going to happen. I don't know. Something might happen, guys. I'm not saying nothing's going to happen in this country, so be, it's, it's safe. I can't say anything like that. But I can tell you, the Lord is at hand. He is near. He is engaged. He knows what's going on. I can confidently tell you that you don't have to be afraid. You can be courageous and strong at this hour because the Lord is at hand. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them that the Lord is at hand. Preach that. Man, he's moving. Mm-hmm. And in our prayers, I'm learning and realizing that I could pray from a place of peace. But also I could pray from a place of anxiety. Or our prayer life right now in this very hour, a reaction to the urgency or the things that are being done by the enemy. Are we reacting in our prayers just because we feel pressure to do it? Or because, but because of the urgency of it? Are we reacting or are we responding to the moves of God at this hour? There are two, two different types of prayer. And what is the motivation to pray into the situation in Korea? Is it because you don't want to die and you're afraid? Or is it because you believe that God is doing something and moving? You know, it's interesting in Exodus, the Bible says that God heard the cries of his people Israelites. So they... they cried out to God, and God heard their cries. And if you think about how they were led from the slavery into the promised land, it was a long journey, right? So Israelites, they cried out, and God heard it, and then they're about to deliver. God has the plans to deliver them. Good plans, right? And then in the midst of it, the Israelites, it feels like things are getting worse. Man, it was way better in Egypt, Man, I wish God kept us there. He led us out into the desert just to kill us here. To make it dramatic, right? God is like a drama king, whatever, you know? <laughs> to at this Red Sea, you know? God brought us all the way out here just to kill us dramatically under the water. You know, that's what they're murmuring and that's what they're grumbling about. And sometimes when God is moving and shaking things, it could look or it could feel like things are getting worse, but isn't that what we cried out for the last four years as we gathered here? God, shake it up. God, bring the change. We, we unite this peninsula. And God heard our cries. He's about to deliver and do something. But then, when, oh, things feel like it's getting worse. Tension's increasing, you know. Man, what's going on, God? But God is, I heard your cries. And I'm moving. And I'm getting somewhere, so follow along. Don't drop it in the middle of it, you know? And I feel like that's the voice of God that really should be released to the entire nation right now, that God is moving. It's not just the enemies acting up and God, God is powerless, but God is like, hey, I'm the one that's shaking things up. So chill out, you know? This is exactly what you asked for. So I'm doing it. So just follow along. I'm going to open up the Red Sea. I'm going to provide timely for you, okay? 
So don't panic, just follow, and there is deliverance. Guess what happened to the Israelites at the end? They entered the promised land. God finished his plans. But it all started with the cries of his people. And isn't it what we've been doing? And aren't we in the middle of it? So do not fret because of the increased tension. God is doing something. Amen? Amen. And we've been praying with authority for the reunification of this land and healing of this peninsula. And it looks like what's happening is like worsening, but I really think that something else is going on. The Lord is really at hand for this land. And I really think that peace is a key word that really should motivate us to pray. Not out of anxiety, not because I feel very anxious that I can fall asleep at night, but because you have the assurance that the Lord is at hand. He's near. He's engaged. He's doing something. He's moving, so let me join in. And there's that sense of peace in your heart. And I think peace is sometimes, a lot of times, misinterpreted and People think it's just a word that brings calm to your soul. You know, hey, peace, peace. Don't be nervous. Peace, peace, peace. You know, like before you're a date or something, you're nervous. Like, peace, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it is. All my examples are always about dating, right? Anyways, I heard the giggling from there. <laughs> oh, man. But peace is bigger than that in hebrew peace is shalom a lot of you know shalom doesn't just mean that um it it doesn't just mean just peace that we use but it actually means all is well it's an all-encompassing word it's an all-embracing word that means in my body in my soul in my spirit all is well not because anything bad is happening in my life but because the lord is near because the Lord is sovereign, because he is with me, all is well. It's a declaration of faith. Whenever they greet each other saying shalom, it means all is well. Because the Lord is with me. You know? It's a supernatural word. You know? If you think about it, peace that surpasses all understanding, that truly is a manifestation of the supernatural power. It's only, it's what only Holy Spirit can do. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, that peace in our hearts, right? That doesn't come from like a just peaceful environment, like absence of war or anything like that. True peace, it's supernatural. That's what comes from the Lord, right? So we got to choose to pray not from the place of anxiety, but we got to choose to pray from the place of peace, knowing that he's moving He's at hand. He's doing something. With the revelation, we are called to pray into what's going on. Amen? And the second thing that I wanted to emphasize is that uh, there, we could pray from place of faith. We could also pray from the place of fear. And faith and fear cannot coexist in your heart. You're either walking by faith or walking by sight. It's like you're, you're either praying with faith or you are praying with fear. It's not like you could like double dip, you know? We can't... It's an interesting analogy that I just used. But that's all good. You guys got my heart, right? So faith and fear, 
We can't expect heaven to move when we are praying out of fear. Heaven is not moved by your intense cries of fear. God, I'm gonna die! God, heaven's like, eh? What moves heaven, what moves God's heart, the Bible makes it clear, it's faith. It's not your desperation or your fear. No, it's faith that moves heaven. And it's impossible to please God without what? Without faith. And what moves the heavens, what moves the mountains also, the Bible makes it clear that it's faith. There are two places in Matthew, Matthew 17, 20. Jesus says this. Jesus said to them, because of your little faith, but truly, I say, uh, they were not able to cast out a demon out of this boy. That's the context. But Jesus says, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. That's the one verse. And then a few chapters later, Matthew 21, verses 21 to 22, it's a different situation where Jesus curses a fig tree and it withers at once. You know, and Jesus curses a tree and it dries up. And then the disciples are like, oh, how did you do that, Jesus? And he answers, and Jesus answers them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have what? Faith. faith. How crazy. Prayers with faith has the power to change the norm. It has the power to even move the landmarks. It has the power to change. It's been that way forever statements. It makes supernatural things happen. When a prayer is released with faith. And think about, think with me. A mountain jumping into the ocean. Have you ever seen it? Mountain moving the location. Oh, this is uncomfortable here. So let me move and sit here. Like, have you ever seen a mountain moving? Mountains are there, right? Mountains are there and they don't move. If you didn't know, they don't jump themselves into the oceans, okay? And... Prayers with faith will make this kind of supernatural things happen. And let me carefully throw it out there, okay? As I meditated on it, this is what I got. Who created the mountains? God. Who placed the mountain? Who placed the Namsan over there? Did you do it, Danny? No, right? God did, right? He placed Namsan over there, right? And as I'm meditating, it sounds like to me, even things of God's own design will move according to my prayers of faith. Just throwing it out there. And I was reminded of Abraham's prayer. God's heart was set. I'm going to destroy Sodom. The sin is too great. It's done. Abraham, a righteous man, comes up to him. Lord, and he petitions, you know, with the great prudence and wisdom. What about 50? What about 40, God? And he brings it down to 10, right? Is it 10? Right? 10, right? Thank you. <laughs> you know, he negotiates with God. You know, he's like, uh, okay, I'll do that. If I find 20, I will not destroy. Uh, if I find 10, I will not. I mean, it's a careful, it's something that needs to be delivered carefully, 
But let me just say, it sounds like he's going to move what he has placed over there. And he's, according to my words, it's going to move the position of it. Or even into the sea. You know? So that tells me supernatural, like real supernatural thing will happen when we pray with faith. Let's come back to Mark chapter 13, the passage that I read at the beginning. And I'm going to read the latter half of it. Verses 9 to 13. So where we ended was, these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Talked about like earthquakes and rumors of wars and all that, right? And let's see where Jesus takes this discussion to. So all these things happen. This is a sign of the end times. And then verse 9, it goes, But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues. And you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say. But say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brothers and, and brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Thank you, Jesus. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. These are some difficult words to chew on. You'll be hated by all. Hallelujah. (laughs) For my name's sake. And this is what Jesus says. And Jesus tells us that when these signs happen, and this is what's going to follow, he's going to talk about what's going to happen to the church and to the believers. He's saying it's going to get difficult. You're going to get persecuted. You will have to stand in front of all these peoples and you're going to get like in front of your trials and people will hate you. Persecution will happen. That's what he's pretty much saying. And on an individual levels, you will, you know, say whatever is put on your heart by the Holy Spirit. And don't be anxious. That word appears here again, right? All of you look really depressed right now. Uh, Rejoice. The Lord is at hand. (laughs) (laughs) and this really struck really struck me the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations everyone say all nations nations. he's saying you have to witness it says testify to the world to the nations here what i'm really marveling about about jesus is Talking about end times, what we think is a crisis, Jesus is, he's calling it an open door for evangelism. If you think about like his focus, we are thinking about, oh no, wars happening, where to go, what to do. You know, should I pack some ramen and bottle waters, you know, what should I do? But Jesus' focus is, wow, it's an opportunity. It's an open door. It's time for evangelism. It's time for harvest. That's his approach. And we all think, about, oh, should I run? Should I leave the country? You know, this is time to pack or what should I do? But what Jesus is interested in, how do we proclaim the gospel at this hour? For him, the greatest crisis that's going to come to us is the greatest harvest that is ready. Think about even logically, okay? There's been a lot of opportunities for me to open up to my parents about God and Jesus and salvation. My parents are not saved. 
But they also have their own concerns, you know, because I'm closer to North Korea than they are. They're in Busan. So they're saying, oh, you're going to come down to Busan and all that stuff, you know. It's only like five hours driving, okay? But their thing is, you know, think about, we're all, I hope that everyone here are believers. You know, when, when earthquakes happen, when wars, rumors of war hits us, we think, oh, man, Jesus is coming back real soon. You know? Wow, it really is an end time. That's how we think. You guys think that way, right? I hope so. But like well, how my parents think or non-believers, from a non-believer's perspective, when these things happen around you, what do you think they will think about? Man, if I die, what, we're, you know, what's, what's after death? You know, if you really think about, especially the mel- melancholy non-believers, they... <laughs> At a season like this, they think about death and what's coming after death, judgment, things like that, you know? So it really, even, even if you lo- would logically think, it is a golden chance for you to bring up the hope that we have, the prince of peace that I believe, the one that came to overcome hell and death and shame and guilt and darkness. You know, the one that is coming at the end, triumphantly, he's going to come and every, every nation will see. His name is Jesus. And that's why I am not afraid of even dying. That's why I'm able to stay in this land and stay in hope. Hey, why don't you come out to my church next Sunday? You know? You know, you will see us like singing and as if like it's like a party time. You know, the entire world is afraid, but we are not. Because we know our prayers have power. Hey, you want to taste some of this? Do you know Jesus? You know? It truly is a perfect opportunity. And I've been telling my parents, oh, Mom, I'm not afraid. You know? I, you, you don't have to worry about me. You know? He's my fortress. He's my, he's my, he's got me. And my mom's like, what the heck? You know? <laughs> You're crazy. You know? That's how she always says. But I know deep down, she knows what I'm talking about. She's amazed by my confidence. It's something supernatural I'm talking about, you know? And Jesus is talking, telling us when the difficult time comes, proclaim the gospel. Don't focus so much on, oh, what do I have to do? No, focus on this open door that's been given to you. It's an opportunity. And Jesus said, this must happen. So if you have to go through it, might as well do the Lord's will and save some souls, you know? And turn this into the greatest time of harvest in your personal life as well. And I do believe that this really is the hour for the harvest and salvation for North Korea. The Holy Spirit speaks to people. You know, Pastor Nita, the first topic was pretty much North Korea's salvation. And I definitely agree. You know, we always associate North Korea with so, so much with Kim Jong-un and the missiles right now, the war threats and whatever. But there are people, people like us, families like us. And what they need is salvation. What they need is Jesus, the gospel, right? And I do believe that this is our for North Korea's salvation. What we think is a crisis, I think God sees it as an open door. Hey, I'm preparing something. 
mass exodus that's going to come out of North Korea. Tell the world who he is. That you are able to live in such confidence and such peace. And the rest of the world, they don't know. And they're perishing. And they're wondering what's going to happen after I die. You know? If you know the answer, why don't you share that? You know? And there's a point to all this suffering as well. It's not a pointless suffering that we're going through. And I think, I'm just going to end with this. I kind of just started talking about it at the beginning, but, you know, we got to ask ourselves, so where is the safe place? And I think a lot of foreigners are thinking, man, you know, where is the safe place to go to? But I came to a realization that there is really no such place that's safe, geographically speaking. Nowhere. I went to Melbourne in November of 2012, and I was at the airport about to board my plane, and I got a phone call from my mom, okay? My mom, I'm talking about my mom a lot today. My mom calls me. It was literally like three minutes before I boarded, and she she says, I would, I'm watching t- news right now, and it's talking about how in Melbourne, some Korean people were attacked. It's like there's a lot of uh, racism going on that hasn't been there recently, but it's interesting. And even Sydney, even in Melbourne, all these big cities, Koreans are getting attacked be- just because they're Asians, right? I was shocked because I never heard of that before. So I thought, oh, what are you talking about? But then I, I was quickly searched in, it was actually the headline, you know? And I was like, wow, this is really weird. And um, recently, like a week ago, I think one, one Ajashi in his 40s in Stratfield, which is like the Korean town of Sydney, he got attacked in the middle of the street by these three Korean, uh, no, no, these three white boys, like in their teens, you know? Things like that all of a sudden are happening. And I'm like, what? But right before I went to Melbourne, I hear about how Koreans are getting attacked in Melbourne. I'm like, I'm still going. God's calling me. You know, what can I do? I'm about to board. So I went. Right after, uh, a few months after, man, all my timelines kind of messed up. But then uh, a few months later, I went to uh, Guam on vacation with my best friend. And Guam is like like a beautiful beach, you know, it's American territory, you know, it's a peaceful place, right? So I, I, I went there, and then on the second day, I hear on Facebook that this Japanese man uh, got murdered by a Guam native person, like, nearby our hotel. So it wasn't even, like, far away in a shopping area, and I heard that. It's always our second day, okay? He got, he got murdered. He got stabbed to death just because he looks Asian, right? And I'm like, and I didn't tell my friend because I knew she was going to freak out and would not go shopping, but I wanted to. So <laughs> I didn't tell her. <laughs> I was like, don't be on Facebook. Let's, let's talk, you know? I kept it from her. But I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening in my life? Wherever I go, there are all these dangers happening, you know? And I was somewhat nervous as I was shopping, you know. So whenever I saw, like, non-Asian-looking person, I would kind of, like, walk away <laughs> and things like that. But you know what I realized, though, is there is no such place that we can call safe. If your life is going to be running away from dangers, you really have nowhere to go. Really nowhere to go. And I heard after I came back to Korea, something similar that happened in Guam happened in Yeoido, like a month ago. 
like a stabbing and people died. And you know, who would think that Yeoido is a dangerous place? And very unfortunate to hear about the Boston, you know, the bombing. Who would have thought that Boston was a dangerous place for people to be around? I mean, think about it. Things like that could happen anywhere, anytime. Not to bring you guys to the place of fear, but to say, really, safe place isn't a geographically or, you know, in any way. It's, it's, there's no, no, no place like that. And I do believe safest place for you to be is where God calls you to be at. Really, that's it. And New Philly, we believe in raising up an army of God. And all, I believe all the church, all the local churches, we are the army of God. We are the soldiers of Christ. We're enlisted by him. And for the soldiers, the safest place for them to be is where they're stationed at by their commander. Your commander has better oversight and insight. And where you are stationed, that's where you're most safest. If you are called to be at the front line of the battlefield... That's the safest place for you. Nowhere else. If you're called to be at the battle, you've got to be at the battle. If you are hiding somewhere, you are not covered. Your co-soldiers don't know where you are. That's not a safe place for you at all. The closest thing I've ever done to battle or like war is paintball. (laughs) I'm sorry, but no other example to give. Paintball, it was intense, by the way. We went um, on a step outing last year. It was intense. Pastor Christian, Pastor John, David on, Pastor David on, and it was intense. And oh, Cassandra, where's Cassandra, Edmund? She killed everyone. Uh, Cassandra, <laughs> Anita, Pastor Marcus, and all these guys, you know, we went on uh, paintballing, and then it wasn't even like a big cage, you know, it, it was really intense. And I remember I was on Pastor John's team. And he was our commander. You know, he was the chief. So I have to go wherever he tells me to go. I have to shoot whoever I'm supposed to. You know, I'm told to shoot, right? So I was so nervous. And I was holding my gun and shaking. And I was like, no, go behind that tree right now. And I was like, okay. And then I went behind the tree. And I'm waiting there. And I am not, I don't want to move at all. Not a single bit. You know, I'm just wanna, I just want to hide and wait until everyone dies. And I'm going to be like, yeah, Victoria. You know? That was my plan, but the professor John tells me there was a huge pit, okay, in the middle. A huge pit, and then there was like a pile of like rotting red peppers and green peppers. And anyways, there was like a huge pot, pit, pit, not pot, pit. And he says, Myung at the count of three, with the voice of a commander, at the count of three, I want you to jump into that pit. away you know it's not like a leap you know it's i gotta run there and i'm not even a fast runner and i'm, I'm standing and I, everything about my existence is re- re- resisting i'm not i'm not going there you know i'm not gonna jump into the dirty pit you know everything in my dna is denying and resisting and i'm not going but then he starts counting one two and at the count of three my legs started moving and I started running, and I threw my stuff into the pit. And um, 
surprisingly cozy in there, though. You know, like, <laughs> smell of rotting peppers, and you know, I'm hiding there. All these like, uh, and I actually survived. That's the point of the story. I survived until the end, and I actually shot some people, and we won, right? Yeah, we won, right? Yeah. And I learned a huge lesson just from the paintballing. Like the lesson was, I am the safest wherever I like. My my commander tells me to go. That's the safest place. I would have never gone there myself, you know. Oh heck no, you know. But if my commander tells me to, okay, I'll go and I'm covered, and I'm safe, and I got people fighting with me. You know, that was a huge like spiritual lesson that came out of it. And I was like, man, I I better submit. I better be like covered. You know, it's the same thing. Commander, our commander of this whole entire army is Jesus. Wherever He places you, wherever He calls you to be at, you are the safest. You are very safe and covered where you're at. You might feel like. You're not, but no, you are safest when where, where God places you at. That's the place, and you do not want to run away from the spot. You know, I'm really not saying Korea is all the safe. Let's be real. I'm not saying nothing's gonna happen. It's just all threats. They don't have the whatever. I am not interpreting any of that. All the situation, things may happen. Could be possibility that we might have to evacuate the city, and if things turn out that way, we will have to roll with it. But I, what I do know and do believe is, God does not want us to forsake our calling just to go find the place of our own safety in our heads and run away from a seemingly dangerous place. You know. And I think what God is calling the church to do at this hour, really, for me to summarize everything that I shared, is stay in the place of peace, not anxiety. Pray from the place of peace, knowing that He is at hand, knowing that you don't have to you don't have to be afraid. Pray in the place of faith, not fear. Not just crying out, but cry out, knowing and believing. Having the faith that's going to move the mountains, that's going to move North Korea, that's going to move the situation, that's going to move the supernatural to take place just through your words. Pray in faith. And the third thing I said is proclaim the gospel. Turn this crisis into the greatest open door in your life. Turn this into proclaiming gospel to the nations, and then Jesus will come. He's not going to return just because all these earthquakes are happening. Says, it's just the beginning of the end times. What's going to happen is gospel must be preached to all nations. And who's going to do that if all the God's people are hiding under the bunker? Who's going to talk to the people? It's got to be us, you know? Be bold and courageous. Be strong and share the gospel. Tell the people that there's a Savior coming and let's Wait for him. That's it. I was gonna like make an altar call. I was thinking about how I'm gonna end this sermon, but I really feel like everyone in this room, you 
have to, I'm sorry, you have to apply this word. It's not a matter of choice that, oh, I'm going to go up to the altar call or anything. I really, what I desire tonight is I want everyone in this room just to make this place into an altar. Are you guys okay with that? If you've been struggling with anxiety or any fear or struggling to pray through this situation, I want to encourage you guys that you are, where you are at, are standing at the altar to really receive this word. And I really believe that every single person in this room, you guys will have a testimony of really bringing non-believers into the church. Because of what's going on in this world, because of the fear that's out there, and then your faith is stronger, that you are really going to have open doors to speak about the one that is returning soon. You know, So I just want to challenge everyone. It might be a difficult word to chew on for some people. If you've been really intensely struggling, if you really have big fear of oh, like evangelism, the Bible says don't worry about what to say. You know, Holy Spirit will give you words to speak, so you don't have to sound all smart. You don't have to give the presentation from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation. I'm not even able to do that. I'm sure no one in this room will. But the words that God puts on your tongue, like simple words, that he loves you, that he wants to have relationship with you, no matter what it is, he will give you the words to speak. So that burden, let that go, and really turn this crisis into greatest opportunity. So can we do that? Let's all rise to our feet together. And before, um, and our worship team, let's get ready to close. But, um, I just want to take this brief moment to pray together and I noticed that before I came up to preach, uh, we really had a powerful time of prayer, right? And I think tonight, really the focus isn't what enemy is doing. And for us to all to figure out what the enemy has been successful in and not successful at, what North Korea is doing and all that, I don't think that was God's agenda at all. And I feel like God's agenda tonight was to let his people know that I am shaking things up and I am moving. And I am at hand, I am near, and I am fully engaged, and I am fully present, and I'm going to bring my people into freedom, and things are going to be amazing. I really feel like tonight, God wants to release that hope into your hearts, and for you to be engaged, not just somehow, oh yeah, I went through that difficult time in Korea, but really be fully engaged in what God is doing rather than what the enemy is doing. So as a declaration, I'm going to make things awkward for you. Let's all hold hands. Let's all hold hands all across the room and really declare this word that God is moving. And our eyes are not upon the enemy's schemes, but our eyes are upon him, upon the one that is doing things and that is returning. They were not going to be afraid. They were not going to run away or hide. But we are going to really get on it with him on his plans and really bring the mighty harvest to his kingdom. So can we renew our hearts and really allow the peace of God to guard your hearts and minds? And if you've been struggling with any anxiety and fear, let that go. That does not belong to you. That's not of you. That is not from your prince of peace. 
So let that go. Completely forsake that and turn away and have faith and have hope. Can we just open our minds and just declare that as one body? Let's just take one minute to pray out loud together. <laughs>